starts today, you fucking maggot motherfucker. <laughs> Stop blaming everything on everybody. And fucking American society and the fucking iPhone. Fuck you and the fucking iPhone. Fuck you and fucking Facebook. Fuck you and social media. It's all about you, you dumb motherfucker. Get up, grab your balls. Hug your wife, kiss the kid. Pick up the fucking dog. Stop it. Stop it. It's not all Obama's fault. You don't want a bowler? Take your vitamin C, you dumb motherfucker. You don't want ISIS to fuck with you? Stay in New Jersey. But stop your fucking crying. You're a fucking American, you fucking douchebag. Start acting like it. That's it. You're a fucking American. Motherfucker. The end. Here we are. Here we are. Once again. Once again, March 27th. Is that it? That's it, huh? Episode like uh, 155 or some Last shit. Last weekend of March. It's we're crazy. April. We're already into April. I know, man. Damn close. Sheepdog's around the corner. I know. <laughs> we're like six I mean, weeks away or so. Give or take, you know. Yeah. That's fucking, that's exciting. You know. It's funny, man. I look back. Like when I signed up for that course... It was like last summer, dude. I signed up in like August. Yeah, or you something signed up that. before I did. You know, I got. I was looking back. I think cause I, I signed up for it right after I, I, you know, bought my first uh, handgun, and man, that was like October, November, somewhere around there. And so it, uh, dude, which is crazy. It's like five months ago, four or five months ago, and. Uh, You've fit a lot of learning in the past. A lot of learning, man, yeah. <laughs> Five months. That's what I was going to say, like my experience level, you know, when I signed up for it. And I remember I was all like, oh, dude, they're going to teach us all this shit. This is great. This is awesome. And then having the realization of like, that's like fucking five months away. Like, I'm going to need to learn stuff between now and then. <laughs> I can't just sit around just and do nothing between now and then. So, yeah, like where I'm at now and just in, you know, even another six weeks compared to where I was when I first signed up for it is uh it's it's an interesting it's just like doing jujitsu man you look back on like you know where you were you know it just in the past yeah if you're doing things right you should be getting better and so you, it's interesting to look back and be like damn you know trying to see the world through less experienced eyes and then you know looking back and being it's a, I don't know. It's it's just an interesting, interesting thing. So, I'll be uh, I'll be excited to go, man. That's yeah, gonna be, that'd that's be a good weekend. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Better be here before you know it. It'll be right around the corner. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I guess my point is I'm less afraid of embarrassing myself now. So, I feel like I've got a few. You know, hopefully I won't be the least knowledgeable guy. I don't want to be the most knowledgeable guy because you want to learn, but you don't want to be that dude who's just like finds out that like oh wait a minute <laughs> like i was not prepared I for was this not prepared. i think we'll be all right i think we'll be okay i'm man. not yeah. too i don't lose much sleep over that i think we'll be all right what we've been doing man we did the lesson you know you've done the training with the you've with, been doing a lot more shooting than i have yeah i've been kind of lucky that way to, well, that's, i don't i wouldn't say it's luck I mean, you've constructed your life this way, so you have the time and the resources. Yeah. And you enjoy doing it. Yeah. So I wouldn't really chuck chalk any of it up to luck. Well, I mean, my ammunition. Yeah, you did. That was fine. <laughs> Nowadays, finding ammunition definitely. Dude, I have like a luck. sixth sense for that shit. I it's it's crazy, and so yeah, I'm I'm uh, in a much more fortunate position than a lot of people are as far as like. 
being able to go to the range on a weekly basis and shoot a hundred rounds. Uh, it's, but yeah, it's funny, man. I'm there and I, you know, the range officers will come up and say hi and, and I'd be like, yeah, it's funny, dude. It's like, dude, I'm out here every fucking week. I see you guys all the time. And you guys, a couple of them are starting to recognize me in my truck and stop with the whole, so you've been out here shooting before. It's like, motherfucker, I've talked to you a half dozen times. I'm out here every fucking week. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it, but yeah. And then they, inevitably someone will comment about like, oh, wow, that's, you know, cause I'll say like, I try to get out here at least once a week and I'm like, oh, wow, that's you know, a lot. Where are you getting the ammo for that? And it's like, you know, just was able to get squirrel some away and just come across some, you know, through the time and stock up when you can. And But yeah, you get uh, efficient. Like I've got a hundred round, um, I guess like drill, like mm -hmm. whatever, uh, routine. Practice routine. Practice routine that I'll go through. That I can even like, you know, cut it down to like 50 rounds if I have to. But uh, I feel like it's pretty effective as far as like because you can do so much dry fire the thing that you got to practice firing is recoil management mm -hmm. like that's the one thing you cannot simulate in uh dry fire but all the other shit like i don't got to go out there and practice reloads and uh, you know i don't know it's it just i can do that in dry fire so i'll do but i do start out every time my first five shots are eyes closed just firing blind into the berm and I'm looking, like I was telling you, like if I'm doing it right, I get to the point where I, I get my sight picture, I close my eyes, I fire, open my eyes, and same sight picture. And ultimately, that's what you want. Like you're looking for uh, consistent recoil. And so like figuring out, like, you know, just getting that feel for how's the gun feel, how's your body feel, so that you're not twisting. Because that's where the inconsistent recoil comes from a lot is, you know, over-muscling the gun and then not really like ha like having yourself twisted in some way and not really realizing it. But once you get yourself like all lined up, then the gun will like come right back without you having to like put it there mm -hmm. every time. Yeah, because you're not gonna stop it from recoiling. You know what I mean? No matter yeah. how hard you squeeze that gun, yeah, it's gonna move. Yeah, it's gonna move. It's and gonna move. Yeah. So it's been. Uh, but yeah, I like do that and then I'll start doing my drills, but it's, uh, I'm starting to get like, okay with it, man. Do you, do you, do you shoot at, that's what I was going to ask you, shoot at paper target or steel target to see if you hit it or what do you do? No, I'm shooting at paper at first. Gotcha. So like, I mean, that's one of my targets nice. there. This is I, my 365, did 10 rounds with that, but this is all with the 320. So yeah, pretty good little grouping. Yeah there and it's but yeah i like to shoot the paper first because like al was telling us like you it, it yeah, you basically gotta get warmed up yeah you know what you hit like just hearing this the steel go ding that's great but man you can you can be off you can clip that thing and it'll yeah. go ding so yeah having the paper tell you okay i'm being consistent and then what i usually do is do my first like 50 rounds with uh on paper and like so I got a little routine I go through and then if, I, if I'm going to shoot more I maybe polish up a couple other things but that's when I'll go to the steel like after I've spent some time like making sure I'm shooting accurately and then I'll go trying to deal with like target acquisition and different stuff but it's uh yeah it's it's, it's fucking fun man like I said competing is what really like brings it all together like that's the rolling like that's what's so cool about jujitsu man is like 
like you don't have to compete to really pressure test your jujitsu. Pressure test every time you go to class. Yeah, I mean, obviously, competition offers a different level of that, and there's value to that. But unlike pretty much any other sport, you have to compete to really pressure test your skills in jujitsu is unique and they're like yeah last night i was pressure testing my skills like crazy Mm -hmm. and so but without that pressure testing of your skills and and really like the you know all the skills like what is the actual context you know how how are they actually being used together like without that it really makes it tough to um I, i don't know like really like you know take your your skills as far and that's what makes jiu-jitsu so great, right? Is, is that we get to do that. We've talked about this before, like versus another martial art, you know, where they don't pressure test their skills as much for whatever, you know, punching, kicking or, you know, whatever reasons. And then you get into a fight and it's like, dude, I do this all the time. And for them, it's the first time they've ever really experienced like, you know, 100% go. And I think that's one of the secrets to jiu-jitsu success. Like, yeah, obviously the techniques and stuff. In, in no, hands down, that is one of the biggest secrets to, you know, jiu-jitsu being one of the superior martial arts. Yeah. Is that constant pressure test. Yeah. It's just yeah. another Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody wants to fucking get silly and, and try and, you know, uh, fight me for some reason. Um, obviously, social violence situation. We're not having a result to deadly force stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot different for the jiu-jitsu guy. But I see that with the in the the shooting world where okay what is the pressure test you know because we're not going to go get into a gunfight i mean it's not it's not, advi- it's not advisable right not advisable and so uh you know so what how else can you pressure test it because without it everything else is just theoretical mm-hmm. it's and so uh i think that's where the the competing has a, a really significant role in your handgun skills is that because you were doing it with the trap shooting. Mm-hmm. like Just to get familiar with the old shotgun. Yeah. That's really that's the reason I got into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just getting out there and like having a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to I do this and it's like afterwards you're able to kind of analyze like, okay, what was I struggling with? You know, what do I need to get better at? Because, you know, you're, you're using the skills and the context of, of, you know, the sport or whatever. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. And like, you know, you asked me, like how did I do or something? And it's like, dude, I, I, I didn't get disqualified for a safety violation. That's pretty much my primary goal at this point. And it's funny the way they have it set up, man. Like there's so many divisions and there's so many like different things going on. I don't even know who I'm competing against. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter. No, it's, it's not really why you're doing it. No, you're doing it for your self improvement. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And like I said, I don't even know who the fuck I'm competing against. There's like, you got these different squads and there's different people on the squads and they're competing in different divisions. And it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm doing my thing here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm shooting my thing. Obviously, you, you, that, that is cool because you, you uh, it's just, again, it's so, like jujitsu and that the people who are better at it, they want you to enjoy it and come back and do it. So they're friendly. You know, you're not running across like, you know, these real macho, I think like the shooting shooting in general is one of those areas that people might like with jujitsu. Like if you think, Oh, I'm, I don't know about jujitsu, man. I'm going to come across these like fucking macho assholes that just want to beat my ass. You know, people think that, but then you get into it and you realize, Oh, these are the nicest people in the world. Mm -hmm. And I kind of see a little bit of that, 
you know, with the shooting sports too, like you, the, the, everybody's not some like ex special forces, like, arr, like hard ass, you know, they're just like normal people. Normal people. Yeah. And then, and they're pumped you're out there and they want you to do good. And so they're like, you know, giving you some advice on the stages and you're seeing kind of what they're doing. And it's, uh, I mean, I shot like 120 rounds or so at the competition. And dude, that was, that's like the most valuable 120 rounds that I've shot. You know what I mean? Like the, the value on that 120 rounds is like 10 times the value of a normal. Just going out there and shooting just 120 shooting. rounds. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. And like it's, but anyways, I, I'm, uh, I'm talking it up because I'm trying to get you out there to do one. I mean, I, yeah, I, I understand. There's I know you need of, to. Yeah. I know there's plenty of benefit. It's just, it's more of uh it's just an allocation of resource yes. issues. Like my focus is, you know, like I only have so much bandwidth. Yep. You know, I only have so much time, money, and all this other shit. Like I know it's gonna be beneficial, but yeah, just I, I, I'm not putting much mental resources into that right now. Like yeah, it's there's fine. enough friction in the way. Yeah. And the biggest friction is it's on fucking Saturdays. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that if that, it was on a, a Sunday, that's a, that's a big friction. If if you didn't have to miss. Uh, Saturday jiu-jitsu for it that it'd be yeah you, you, you probably is, already have done it yeah yeah that is a big hurdle and you know and, and on top of that I'm, yeah my mental no, yeah all my mental extra mental resources of going to other things learning about but oh yeah well see we had the reverse conversation with me this morning when we were like you know I've only got so much bandwidth yeah. and I'm I've, you know you're I know that I need to learn about you know Bitcoin and this other stuff but but how much do you need yeah yeah, yeah exactly so it's yeah because uh, everything you do there's an opportunity cost yeah you know, every time every hour you spend thinking about one thing is an hour you're not spent thinking about another thing oh my god you know, yeah I mean in, in the older you get the more you learn this so oh, it's just it's become so fucking blazingly clear to me in like the last year or two mm-hmm. that like yeah that is just so true and uh so you can't waste time you can't waste time oh god yeah and dude i i'm big on that you know because dude I, I think about it like the amount of time that i invest just setting myself up for my work week so i'm as efficient as possible you know basically when it comes down to like food prep and just the system a schedule of you know sleep and food prep and working out like it is a carefully constructed system and i gotta put a fair amount of time into that i can't just go into that haphazardly because you do then you're gonna be so inefficient yeah and you're gonna get to the end of the week and you're not gonna fucking have anything accomplished you're gonna have a shitty week oh yeah and so you're an extreme example man like if you've got to fit everything you can into every second that you can scrape out of yep. your day and which is it's inspiring right like you know there, that's definitely one of the things that you know you're my jocko in that area it's I'm taxing like, man like man. there's there's days it beats me down and it is taxing dude because literally dude i wake up every morning at fucking 4 a.m so i can fit all the shit in i don't i don't have to leave i leave for work around let's just say 6 30 give or take a bit you're one of the few guys that can look at jocko's instagram it's, and think pussy but i do i have to get all the shit i want to get done like that just has to be yeah. what happens yeah yeah man you know because if you don't because i have no idea how long my work day is going to be i don't know if i'm going to be done in eight hours or if i'm going to be done in 14 hours like i don't know it's just whatever and so if i put off anything i really want to get done to the end of the day it might not get done because I may end up having to fucking 
be gone from home for 16 hours. You know, and so it just there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And so yeah, dude, every morning fucking 4 a.m. I'm up, and it's just yeah, get after it. Get after it. You know? Fuck yeah. I'm not quite 4 a.m., but... It wears on you. It's not easy. Yeah, but it's... I don't know. It's funny, man. I went through a period when the... Because we're about a... You know, it's about a year ago. A little over a year, like, when all the craziness started to fucking happen. They shut down March Madness, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was... Uh, you know, I remember joking with Kelly, like, man, I can't wait for April to get here. I hope on April 1st we're just going to find out this was a giant April Fool's I joke. I remember you saying that. And, and uh, but, you know, so there was, like, a big period of indecision and not knowing and all this shit, and, like, you know, I, and, uh, I would else have him? Nick, my, uh, you know, Dr. Nick, that would come over and work out with me every morning. He got involved with a, a lady friend, and so he stopped being as available and so without someone coming over all the time and just I, I started to get into a habit of just like sleeping in it was just it was easy to you know wake up when I wanted to wake up and I was still like seven or eight o'clock it wasn't like you know sleeping until fucking 10 or 11 but man I noticed that at the end of the day more often than not I was ending the day frustrated with my lack of getting shit done and like yeah, like waking up now at six o'clock, and just keeping the habit is uh, it 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 does it. You feel better at the end of the day than you would sleeping in. You sleep in, you don't get shit done. You're not gonna feel as good at the end of the day. And yeah, it's hard waking up earlier than you want to, but that feeling at the end of the day that you got your shit done is worth it on some level. It's it's like you know that's what you're balancing is like hey. It, uh, me right now would rather stay in bed but I know the future me is going to be fucking disgusted yeah. with myself and I've got to I can't I can't do that I don't want to fucking deal with that disgust so yeah I, that disgust is heavy and <laughs> nasty oh yeah 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 man like that's what it's funny man. I was, I was uh, having this talk with uh, with Shiloh about controlling your emotional self and in some ways like sleeping in is your emotional self right and like that's not you you like your emotional self is not you it may feel like you but it's not and what's tough is that there's this this i mean it's tangible like for me like my temper man like i i get mad at stupid shit and i i can physically feel like, like there's a physical feeling to it and i feel like if i just you know yell and cuss and kick something and blah, you know, that I'll I'll feel better, Mm -hmm. right? I'll feel better. But man, I've fucking done that so many times and afterwards just felt so disgusted with myself. Like, why did I say those things? Why did I act that way? Why did I do that? And and like, uh, eventually the disgust, it starts to like become worse. It's like, yes, in the the moment, like like I said, sometimes it can be almost physical, how oh, it's, hard the emotional self it's can definitely, try and it's definitely physical. take control, right? Oh. But if you don't, like, at that moment, you've got to make that decision. Like I said, like, you know, future self or uh, is going to be disgusted with you. And that disgust, if you don't want to deal with that disgust, then you just got to fucking, like, just whatever it takes to get over that. Get your emotional self. And a lot of times it's just recognizing, like, 
this isn't who I am. This isn't who I want to be. Like, I don't want to be the person that acts like this. I don't want to be the person that fucking sleeps in and, and doesn't do what I know I need to do. That's not who I want to be. And I just got to like grit through this moment. And on the other side of it, it's better. Mm-hmm. It's going to be better. Like, you know, that day without disgust at yourself is much better than giving into it in the moment. Man, uh, I'm so I'm reading Jordan Peterson's new book. Oh, okay, yeah. 12 More Rules or something. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm only on, I just finished chapter four this morning and started chapter five. And man, I want to say it was, God, it was like chapter two or three. I'd have to go back and look. I should have wrote it down, but he talks about a lot of this. You know, is who who do you want to be? You know, what are you aiming for? What are you going to be? Yeah. And he's, talk, or he's talking about all these same things just in, in different words it's it's important man and it's it's just it's not something that we get it's almost like the opposite like you know especially in today's society like you are taught that like oh no that emotional self is you yeah and whoever that is you your are truth that, whoever you are that's okay yes you shouldn't feel bad about yourself no no yeah. wrong yeah. you should feel bad about yourself a lot of times yeah because that's how you improve that's how you improve man. You, you recognize it's okay to feel i mean obviously you can take anything too fucking far but yeah, that's okay. You should feel shitty about yourself on a fairly regular basis because it'll motivate you to make those tough decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. those decisions are tough, man. They are tough. Do you think, dude, yeah, do you think I like waking up every day at 4 a.m.? I, I mean, granted, I, I have got to the point to where I do. You know, I got. I love my morning routine. You know, I slept in, I'd say 4 a.m. That's during the week. I slept in to like 4.30 today. <laughs> I let myself sleep in a little bit. But... Well, I remember at the wilderness when we were at the wilderness course. You were up at like fucking five o'clock and out the door looking for a Starbucks. Yeah, you, I went for I went for you know a half hour, forty five minute walk. Yeah, and five, yeah. you know five thirty in the morning. But you, you just got yourself trained that way, and you don't yeah. look at it as this like 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 you said like you you've trained yourself to enjoy it on some level. Yeah, yeah, but it's still difficult. Yeah, even though I enjoy it, it's still yeah. Your warm bed. Is comfortable, man. You're yeah. all stretched out and covered up. I mean, the room is cool, so you're all tucked in. And you pull that blanket off, and it's chilly. You're like, "Fuck, I can just lay back down." I'm like, yeah, every day. But once you just get up and do it, yeah, you enjoy it. But it's it's difficult, man. And it's uh, but like you said, it boils down to who do you want to be. Yeah, who do you want to be, man? That's who, that. You know, that is something I think. Uh, you know just the lack of heroes like legitimate heroes in today's society so that people can be like that's who i want to be that's who i want to act like it's uh i'm reading that i told you that that book about face um about uh um colonel hackworth Mm -hmm. and he was uh um and the forward to the book was written by jocko and apparently this is like jocko's um extreme ownership book and anyways it's a biography of this guy but it's really interesting to uh, to read it, and you can see where um, fuck man, dude, my brain went in a bunch of directions. When I started talking about that book. <laughs> what were we talking about? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so just that, like, this is who you can see reading this book. Like, oh, I can see where Jocko got it from. Like, Jocko was reading this book, and this is what he said in the 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 the, pre- the, the preface is like, you know, I. I was reading this book and it was like, this is who I want to be as a leader. You know, this was my, you know, my hero. And, and so who I wanted to emulate. And so, and then Jocko becomes like that hero for a lot of people. But yeah, man, if you don't have 
that hero who you want to emulate. I guess that was like my point. Is like most people look at Jocko and they're like, dude, you know, look at that guy. That guy's fucking awesome. But then realizing like even he had a hero. Mm-hmm. He had someone that he was trying to emulate and be like. And it's just that it's a he wasn't born that way. You know, like obviously there were some traits that he had that, that leaned him in that direction, but he wasn't born Jocko. Like he became Jocko. And a big part of that was having a hero that he wanted to emulate that helped him become Jocko. And it's sure, like, you know, shoulders of giants. Yeah. You know, that's that's what we're all doing. You have to like you have to ask yourself, who do you want to be? What do you want to be like? And then you gotta look at somebody who's done it. And it doesn't mean they're perfect in all areas of their life. Right. So you look at different people for different, you know, aspects of your life that you're pursuing and you see what they've done and you fucking get after it. And you may have to fork off a little bit. You know, you see like, okay, they did it this way, but, you know, I think it'd be better for me if I go this way, so on and so forth. But yeah, those role models or heroes, they're super important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Without them, it's tough to know, like, how am I supposed to fucking act? Yeah. How am I supposed to be? And it's, uh... Yeah, it's it, it's a unfortunate thing that it's been cleared out of our society. It, yeah, it is. It's discouraging. You know, like, like it is discouraging, and it's a lot of it goes back to this whole like where we're at in society, and this is this whole oh the participation trophy bullshit. Like oh you are you're okay with how you are, what you're like. And, and that, I think that's where a lot of it gets lost because when you aspire to be somebody and if you don't achieve it, it feels shitty. And so we're just trying to take that away from it. We don't ever want anybody to feel bad. Everything's yeah. good. And you take that away and it just makes a bunch of soft, pussy-ass motherfuckers. And it just... Yeah. And then you get to where we're at right now, man. You know, it's funny. A group of us were sitting around kind of talking about this... Um. Yeah, sort of sentiment, you know, with where society's at. Yesterday after rolling, it's like me and Luke and Trey and Thomas, and and it's 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 palatable, like the amount of like I guess despair is a good word for it. To where a lot of us, like, dude, what do we do? Like, how did we end up here? Yeah, and we can kind of see how we ended up here, but how do we get out of this? Yeah, I, I think things Trey, accelerated so goddamn quickly. I, man. I think Trey even said that he's like because we got talking about the assault weapon ban and you know and then we just had that mass shooting in Boulder at the super you know the supermarket and that I mean dude that couldn't have been a worse time we got this administration coming in trying to ban weapons and then we get this fucking mass shooting with this nut job it's just a perfect storm and dude what do you do? Like, for us normal, rational-thinking members of society, like, how do we course-correct this? Oh, my God, and yeah. The only thing I can think is you just, you got to set the example, and you just have to be the best version and just, you know, worry about yourself, be that hero, be that role model for other people, and just stay the course, and don't give in to a lot of this bullshit. Yeah. You know, it's you just you be done with it, you know, because a lot of this, I mean, without getting political, but without having a better way to explain it, like the left side of the spectrum and the super progressive movement, they've turned into bullies because we've all let them, we've let them get away with it. Yeah. We've let them do it and we're not standing up for it and it's time. It's like, no, dude, I'm done. Oh yeah. And I think a lot of us are starting to feel that way just because it's, we're getting pushed too far and you just let them go too far. Yep. Oh, I think we might have our post. Oh man, what do we got here? Morning Z. What's up, buddy? One of my most special cards. Okay. All right, drop it on us, man. 
Dragonite GX, Rainbow Rare, Secret Rare, uh, Rare. Uh, it's, uh, stage three. It evolves from Dragonair, which is its second stage. It's a GX. It, ha it can do 130 damage and 270 damage. Its attacks are Dragon Claw and Sky Judgment. Ooh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, sweet move. I don't know why Sky D Judgment would actually do damage. <laughs> He's judged you to be freaking taking damage. And then match delivery, uh, GX does no damage. Logs <laughs> are taking over the studio. <laughs> see this. And then it's a rare and a long Tell, uh, time ago I pulled this. We uh we actually ago. learned how to play Pokemon. Yes, the we actual did. game. Because um, Coach Angela at my birthday party, she she gave me a little game set. Yeah, it was a little board, Trainer Academy, and so it really kind of made it easy. And they took you through a, a mock game, so they had a, you know, a little book that said, here, do this, and they just had you play through it so you could get a feel for it. And so, yeah, him and Kiele did it, and I sat down and played with them, and it's actually kind of fun. It's not ridiculously. It's it's like most things. Like once you start to wrap your mind around it a little bit, it makes sense. But at the beginning, you're looking at it and you're like, "This is so fucking crazy. This is so hard." And uh, but yeah, so now we actually know what a lot of these things on the card mean. So they're even cooler. Cool. <laughs> also, uh, in one pack, I got a, a Charizard GX, and another I got a Raichu GX, and in another I got a Mewtwo GX. But they were actually supposed to come in them. Every single card that came in them, I was, I was supposed to get. Hmm. All right, man. Well, cool. What did we do on spring break? Anything? Were you on spring break this week? You didn't have school all week? No. I was sick. He was sick. Were you? He likes to do that. I don't. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we had the week off, but uh, he was feeling a little under the weather for most of it. But uh, he's feeling better now. So yeah, we just kind of hung around the house and did some hikes and went out to Rabbit Valley and did some four wheeling and uh, yeah, like pretty mellow. Oh, pretty mellow spring break. Nice. So cool, man. A long time ago, I pulled this card. All right, buddy. Cool. You got anything else? Uh. No. All right, man. We'll see you. Don't touch. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. Later, man. <laughs> He's, uh... Yes, you got his Pokemon update in. So, here's your... Oh, nice. Inner tube. Inner tube to wrap my lighter. Yes. Just like we learned at the survival skills course. Yeah, man. Just cut off little strips and wrap it around it. And uh, I haven't lit them on fire yet to make sure that they burn, but... I should probably do that, but uh, yeah, cool little survivalist trick. Have a little tender in case nice. you got to start a fire, because that was one of the lessons we learned that starting a fire is 
not as easy not as, as, easy as, as, you, would as think. you would think. Yeah, I mean, if you if you got the right things, it's not super hard, but it's uh, not easy necessarily either. So, but um, hey, where's my list? Here, I put this together. It's uh, I was trying to help my mom and Kevin, and uh, you know, just putting together like they wanted to put together like a get home bag and. So I sat down and just like, all right, all the shit that we've learned, all the things that we I've, I've learned over the last several months of uh, stuff to have, to be prepared. Because that's the idea, right? You want to mm-hmm. be prepared. And uh, so, yeah, I broke it down there. You got like your EDC. Then you got like your extra bag. Like I got that little Patagonia bag or whatever you can throw shit in. And then you got the get home bag that you keep in your car. Or bug out bag, whichever way you're going, <laughs> coming or going depends. Um, but yeah, it, I thought it was kind of a cool list. Let me check it out. Let me know what you think. Seems pretty uh, adequate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But I don't know. It's one of those things. And again, if anybody listening to this wants a, a copy of it, let me know. Uh, James at bikejames.com, and I'll be happy to fucking hook you up. Or we're still at you know grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Either one. Either one. Um, let me know. I'll send it to you. It's basically a list of like everyday carry things you'd want to carry in like your pockets. You know, uh, if you carry around like a, a day bag, just a little something you can throw some other things in and then your get home bag, but just like the list of shit that you should have in it to be prepared. So, because it is important to be prepared. Yeah. Because once you need to be prepared, then it's really important. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of. Uh, um, funny. Well, two things. One, there was a story I did a, a little a video take on some takeaways where a mountain biker got stabbed by a hiker. I, I dude, I saw the headline. I didn't read it. I didn't get into it. Do you, yeah. What transpired? And, and so first off, that these are two like dudes in their sixties. All right. Sweet. <laughs> Just to like frame it properly. Yes. Um. They. Uh, again, I wasn't there. But if I had to guess, it sounds like the rider was not yielding to a group of hikers. And, you know, there was, he was coming uphill and there was like a section and it was easier for him to just kind of like ride through and make it. So it was easier for them to kind of step off and let him ride through than it was for him to stop and have to start over again. And so he was like, you know, yelling at them and they're yelling at him. And it sounds like what happened is he just went and one of the guys was like, I'm not moving. And he fucking rode his bike into him and then he was, he's clipped in. So he falls over and he falls over on the guy. Oh no. And the guy from his point of view thinks that this guy is attacking him. He rode his bike into him and now he's on top of him and you know, he's on the bottom. And so he pulls out a fucking knife. It starts fucking stabbing the dude. Jesus Christ. A little overreaction. Just a, just a touch. So he ends up getting in trouble because he had like a switchblade or spring-assisted knife or something like that. So, you know, it was an illegal knife in Washington. Well, uh, hopefully he got, that wasn't the only reason he got in trouble. Hopefully he got in trouble for also using the knife to stab somebody. You know, I mean, that's up for... Uh, for argument in the court, huh? You know, exactly. Exactly. That's, he could, if, if there's if, one thing if I've he learned... He can argue, argue that he felt threatened. That's right. If he, he felt... defending himself. He defending his life, man. Somebody's got a, a, a bike 
that he's ridden into him and is now on top of him. You know, yeah, like I, you can, you could argue that you, you were being attacked. You were being attacked, and you felt threatened. Like I don't think the guy was just like I'm looking to stab someone today, right. and oh, here's a sucker. Like I believe he legitimately felt like <clears throat> threatened on some attacked. level. He was probably a little pissed. You know, obviously things were heated at the moment. Um, so again, this is just kind of just what I've gathered from you know reading stuff. But uh, yeah, man. So my takeaways for the writing community was one, don't escalate things because like, I mean, I, I would assume that there were probably some signs that, that uh, this guy was getting agitated, the hiker was getting agitated before the incident happened. Mm -hmm. And continuing to just force the issue didn't help. Didn't yeah, help. it didn't go from zero to 100. No. Like, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things like we've, really learn and you know we talk about when we're talking about this shit in general is like man like just because you carry a gun just because you carry a knife you don't want to use it you want to de-escalate like somebody's calling you a pussy some you know somebody's you're, you've got the right away and whatever dude this is not worth it because again like you start to realize as you get into this that like that difference between social and asocial violence and how quickly things can shift into like a deadly force asocial violence situation and if you're not willing to ride that fucking wave that far, it's not worth riding the wave. Mm. You know, for, for the most part, I would, right. uh, you know, there's 99% rules with everything, right? But there's, uh, um, but yeah, it, 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 so one, like, don't fucking escalate things. And then two, like, carry a med kit. Like, that dude could have bled out. Luckily, he got off the mountain and was able to get to a hospital. But he, I would say he got fucking lucky. That if a dude's stabbing you... Yeah, he could have got stabbed someplace that caused a tremendous amount of bleeding. Yeah. You know, hit a, Bleed hit out a, on the fucking mountain, man. Yep. I mean, if, even if even if he didn't hit an artery or something, you're just... If you're far away and, and you've got to, like, either wait for help or, or get to get help... out of there. Yeah. It, it's just a long enough period of time to uh, start to cause uh, problems. So, yeah, it's like, man, carry a fucking tourniquet. Carry just some basic stuff to stop traumatic bleeding and again, it's just, it's one of these things that you realize that when you get into this, uh, I don't even know what you call it, like tactical self-defense world or whatever the fuck it is, um, you start to see like, you, you look at other groups or you look at the rest of the world differently, you realize like, <clears throat> dude, how fucking unprepared people are for dealing with violence, you know, both dealing with almost anything. anything, yeah, dealing with fucking a traumatic medical situation dealing with fucking anything man i mean we found out that most people don't even have enough food in their house to fucking last like a couple weeks yeah yeah, yeah they're out uh, yeah like that's it, it, it's i know it's it, we're a year into this shit and the lessons that we should have learned have already been forgotten have already been forgotten man. Yep. and and people just double down on the shit that got us into this position in the first place yep. and that's like that's frustrating for sure that we're we just keep digging this hole fucking deeper and deeper Rather than like, no, man, we should have learned some lessons from this. Like, you need to be prepared. You need to be healthy. Like, you need to be hard to kill. And not just from another human being trying to kill you, but like, Mother Nature's a bitch. From a virus. <laughs> a virus. From, from Mother Nature. Old age. Know? Yeah. Like, everything. Everything's trying to kill you. And like, you need to make yourself hard to kill so that you can be like, you know, effective and also be there for the other people in your, in your life, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be there if you're not, uh, you know, not there. 
and some fucking Zen philosophy for you. Hard to be there if you're not there. Another public service annou- announcement to people that are going to venture outdoors and you're on the trails and it's a single track. The uphill person has the right of way. Well, when it comes to four wheeling. It's yeah. the same thing. You're, you know, if you're on a one lane road and you're in your truck, you know, it's a lot of time. The reason being, you know, nine out of ten times in my experience, like if if you had two mountain bikers too, you got a guy coming downhill and a guy coming uphill. The guy going uphill has is that true in the mountain bike it's world? It's supposed to be yes. The, the guy going uphill has the right away because it is more difficult for that guy to have to stop and get started again. Same thing in a vehicle, like you're out on a your jeep trail. Uh, someone's coming and going the the uphill guy you should yield to the uphill guy just out of common decency yeah well <laughs> but there is a little triangle of power okay you know you've seen the little thing like this guy yields to this guy yields to this guy uh, maybe it's the mountain biker's on the bottom of the fucking pyramid of power so the mountain biker yields to everyone okay. so like hikers yield to horses oh okay 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 right like it doesn't matter who's going uphill or downhill like if a, if a horse is coming downhill and you're hiking uphill you gotta you, hikers have to yield the right away to horses okay and so if you have two of the same then the uphill, then person. The uphill person has it so your mode of transportation right comes into play comes also. into play right and so the the okay. hikers have i mean you know the, the horse riders are the gods of the trail everybody yields to them and the, and they the, shouldn't piss on the trail, and everybody has to yield to them. It's fucking. And awesome. then the mountain bikers at the bottom of the, the mountain chain bikers at the bottom. They yield uh, to everyone. Okay. There's no one that yields to a mountain biker. See, see, to me, the common sense thing would be that the hikers are the bottom because they're more nimble. Yeah, they could get out of the way easier. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is that a common sense way to think about it? It is, but the problem is, is access is more political than logical. Correct. So you know, like the Sierra Club. Uh-huh. You know, horse owners have a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like right. mountain bikers in general, that we're, we're super late to the party, and we're nowhere near as well organized and funded as horse riding groups and and hiking groups, uh, okay. both of which don't like riders because you know mountain bikes can freak out horses, right? Uh, riders can freak out hikers, and so neither one of those groups really like mountain bikers, and so you've got them actively trying to keep mountain bikers at the bottom of the pile uh, and mountain bikers don't really have what they need to get uh, out from that position so there's been some you know progress in some areas but and now you enter the whole e-bike thing and and this is are they even allowed on the trails they are on yes allowed on trails but the problem is that in trying like so Trails that were already open to mountain bikes, uh-huh. at this point, at least in Colorado, I, I, I think in general, I think that's one of the things that uh, actually Trump did. He signed some fucking bill that, that basically made it legal for e-bikes to use uh, public use trails. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't considered motorized vehicles in the sense of a motorcycle because that's what was keeping them off of them. And so he signed something that said, no, 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 that's not the fucking case. But that makes it harder now. So when mountain bikers are trying to gain access to more land... You know, or or wilderness areas, or things like that, and now now they're able to point to and say, "Well, look though." But as part of mountain biking, you guys have these e-bikes, and these things have motors on them, and you know, you can, and so it it makes it tougher uh, to overcome because we're no longer just a pedal-powered, human-powered machine. Like that was always the argument: is like, dude, it's just human-powered. That's all it is. It's it's not a motorcycle it's not a jeep there's no motor like the human being's the motor so what's the difference between that and a fucking horse rider or a or a hiker 
But now you put a motor on the bike. Changes the argument a little bit. Changes the argument a little bit. And so that's why e-bikes are looked at. It's really funny, man, because the industry finds itself in this weird spot. And I may have said this before because they love e-bikes because they're selling a shit ton of them. I've, I deliver a lot of those because they're kind of their heavy. Yep. Yep. You know, so it gets put on a freight truck a lot. Dude, over the past year, I've delivered a lot of e-bikes. Yes. That's the Sunrun Company or whatever. Is that how my saying right? Sunrun? So there's one that's real popular. It's like S... It might be Sunrun or S-U-R-U-N. There, there's one that's really popular. Yeah. Dude, I deliver a lot of those things. Yeah, yeah, because they're getting cheap and mm-hmm. convenient. And but the and so for like your for commuters, like I think that one's probably more of a commuter bike because mm-hmm. that's where you see the real explosion in e-bikes is like commuters normal people riding around the street it's not you're seeing it in in mountain biking as well but like really that's why the industry likes e-bikes is because it's just made open up these segments that were never open before but it's not cool to like e-bikes so you kind of have to act like you don't really like e-bikes while you're taking the fucking money from the Mm e-bikes so it's, I mean, knowing the fucking horrors that run the cycling industry, especially the mountain biking industry, that doesn't surprise me, but it's just funny to watch how they try and straddle this line between enjoying the money while pretending that like, oh, e-bikes, they might be, you know, bad, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny fucking sport, that mountain biking. But unfortunately, they guy got stabbed. Yeah. But you need to be prepared. Like that was that was really like my overall message to the riders is like you need to be prepared to deal with violence, and you need to be prepared to deal with like a traumatic uh, injury situation. Like these are the two things that like there's really there's no going back. Like if you don't know how to handle these things and and they come across and and, and they enter your life, like your life is going to be drastically different depending upon how prepared you were for that moment right mm-hmm. it's it's uh yeah it's a, a little preparation will go a long ways fuck yeah man fuck yeah it's uh what is it it's i don't know i heard somebody on the podcast say like if you get in a if you have to draw your gun like you're in a deadly force situation like you know you got the rest of your life to figure out that tactical situation you know the rest yeah. of your life's probably like one or two seconds but like that's like, that's what it is like at that moment, from that moment on, like the rest of your life hinges on what happens, you know, you, and so it's, uh, yeah, when you think about it that way, it's like, it, it's the gravity of it starts to become more real, but we're so insulated from it because, you know, dude, we live in a fucking society where we've got microaggressions, right? Like we don't, don't we're not worried about, I know, that's what I'm saying though, you know, we're missing... <clears throat> the big picture real threats real violence the you know, real threats that's where all these fucking assholes talking about like words are violence and shit like uh. it's all these people that don't have any idea what real violence actually is right and it's just yeah I don't even want to open up that can of worms because it's so maddening and it it's is still, like, there's no common sense and it's coming from people that obviously have no clue what they're talking about no man, and it's it, it just and it gets repeated so many times yep. and unchallenged, and then it's just like ugh. oh, this is it. Yeah, this is it. You seen the new one that uh, it's easier? It shouldn't be easier to buy an AR than it is to vote. <laughs> I'm like, dude, anyone who says that has never bought a gun. I, I mean, they, you they, have to be speaking from ignorance. Yeah, they, they think these fucking idiots. They they are. They're speaking from ignorance. These they think you can just go on Amazon and order a gun and it's going to show up at your house. 
Yeah, you got You have to pay for a background check. Dude. I, so you can't even do a background check on people voting. No. You know, it's like, it, like, it, like I know the the breakdown of that is so ridiculous. But like, the the point is, is people make these emotional, like words of violence, right? Mm-hmm. They make these grandiose emotional statements and then it triggers other people and that's all it is they're trying to trigger that emotional self we were talking about earlier like they're trying to take advantage of the irrationality of the emotional self and they're doing that's exactly what's going on and people are just like falling for it left and right like that's the thing that blows my mind is how many otherwise intelligent people seem to be like buying into this shit I'll, we we got to wrap it up, but I'll leave it with this. Did you, you know uh, the Columbine school shooting that happened? You know, several years back. Yep. Most people don't realize that in that time frame there was an assault. That was during the last Nin- era. Yep. Nineteen ninety four to like two thousand four. I think it was like mm-hmm. a ten year span. There was an assault weapon ban, and that shooting took place. Mm-hmm. Just leave it at that. Yeah. It doesn't, I, solve, it doesn't solve the fucking problem. No. Man. They're not solving the right problem. Again, I know we got to wrap it up, but this is, I think, again, the the problem is when you're talking about something, one person's talking about one thing, one person's talking about another thing. And, you know, so we talk about guns. And so you got one, we're talking about guns, but really one person is talking about something, and one person sees guns as just like guns, right? Just owning guns. Another person looks at it and sees it as an extension of Mm self-defense, right? So the question isn't, should you be able to own an AR? The question that you really need to be asking is, do you have the right to defend yourself? That's the essential fundamental question. And if you feel that the answer is yes, now you have to start asking yourself, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, how far, how do you determine what you can do? And at the end of the day, you realize, again, I think that the people who are thinking about self-defense and are pro-gun, what they realize is that the if I really am going to defend myself and I got to think about all possibilities, bad guys can have guns. I'm going, there is a possibility I may have to defend myself against someone who has a gun. Well, what's the best way to defend yourself against someone who has a gun? With a gun. That's the, like pretty much the only way, you know, for most people. We're not fucking John Wick or John Claude Van Damme or whatever, right? So, but that's the problem is like these same people who are like, ban the ARs, ban the ARs. Okay, well, let's sit down for a second. All right. Do you feel like you should be able to defend yourself? And then it's like, let's have this conversation. And it's like now, you know, the, the the fact that you may have to deal with someone that has a rifle or... Because again, like maybe they don't have an AR, but maybe they've got a fucking hunting rifle. Mm-hmm. Your handgun is still a, at a disadvantage in that situation. But if you, you know, so... There's arguments for that. But that like I said, man, I, that's, I think that's the problem is that you have one group in this country and it's getting larger and larger and larger who, who they don't take responsibility for their lives and their own defense is one of the things that they don't take responsibility for. And for them, it's really easy to argue why you need to ban ARs and, and guns and, and things in general because they don't look at life through the lens of like, do I have the right to defend myself? No, they they farm that right out. Yeah, they farm that out, man. Subcontracted out. Yep, whether they did it consciously or not. Their personal well-being and personal safety is just farmed out. It's the government's responsibility to keep me safe. Yep. And so, therefore, I don't need to think about it. So, therefore, I don't need a gun. So, therefore, you don't need a gun. I mean, this is how this shit goes. And it's just, that that's the sad thing is it's just, I think, a sign of, of the bigger problem of people not taking responsibility for their own lives. 
And so, here we are. Here we are. Here we are. That's all right. We're going to go do jujitsu. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. See you.